At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to it, folks. It is time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. For the next hour, we will be getting you even more prepared than we already have this past week. Or the NFL wildcard weekend, or I guess they're calling it Super Wildcard Weekend. Whatever it is, we're getting you prepped for it from all different betting angles. We'll talk more NFL futures. I know last segment from last night's show, we discussed leaders for the potential most passing yards of the postseason and receiving yards. But this first segment, we're going to kick it off with some Super Bowl odds and a couple of teams I think you could narrow it down to for who could be a viable betting option. And maybe not to win it all, but just to hedge when you get to the championship game. Afterward, 15 minutes, Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, will give us his market breakdown from not only the NFL this weekend, but in hockey tonight and in the NBA. So plenty of action to go through with Mr. Applebaum. Half hour from now, how about former offensive tackle Max Starks? We'll get his perspective on this wild card weekend. I know he'll be on the sideline for that Chiefs and Steelers game, so we'll definitely get into that game with him, get his player perspective going into the postseason, and much more from the betting angle with Max in a half an hour. And then 45 from now, Danny's Dimes. we got a couple plays on the ice tonight, 17-13 and 13 with our NHL record. Uh, got a nice couple of wins the last few bets, actually. So uh, we're looking to keep that going and may or may not be betting on the Blackhawks, believe it or not, tonight. So more on that toward the end of the show. But like I said, let's get things kicked off more so in the conversation of the NFL future. So I've kind of been waiting to dive into the aspect of the Super Bowl odds. But let's go ahead and get into it into it because I want to separate into the categories of you know who I would bet who I wouldn't who I would see as longer odds and which two teams I would probably narrow it down to so let's go ahead list off these odds right now Packers a short shot they've been the short shot they continue to be the short shot plus 350 Chiefs plus 425 Bucks are plus 750 at Bet Rivers Bills at 8 to 1 then you get the Titans they're at about plus 850 haven't really moved too much for Tennessee despite getting the buy and then you get the Rams 10 to 1, Cowboys 13 to 1, Bengals 18 to 1, Patriots 20 to 1, 49ers, Cardinals 25 to 1, Raiders, Eagles, Steelers all the way at the bottom. Not really worth it. So when I'm looking at this list, the first thing I like to do is separate these into a few categories. And the first category is, well, what are some teams that I'm just going to immediately eliminate that I have no betting interest toward for this future selection? And there's about six teams that I personally think I'm okay with crossing off right away. 
Now, believe it or not, and some of you may be yelling at the screen after I say this, but the Tennessee Titans are a team that I would cross off immediately. I'm not sold on this Tennessee squad. I get it. Derrick Henry's back in the mix. Mike Vrabel could be coach of the year. They've dealt with a lot of adversity, and they could be prime to make a good run here. But assuming that the Bengals can beat the Raiders and then it's going to be the Bengals and the Titans in that next round, I'm not too convinced that Tennessee is that much better of a team. And again, who knows what the case is going to be heading into that game. But even if Tennessee does get to that point, I can't see them overcoming maybe the Bills or the Chiefs, presumably one of those teams in the AFC Championship game. So I'm not sold on this Titans team. Uh, furthermore, another team I'm not sold on, the Los Angeles Rams, 10-1. to No, thank you. Can't trust Matt Stafford. You've seen the blunders his team has had consistently all season. Tough draw right out of the gate with Arizona. I'm not going to be shocked at all if the Cardinals win this game. So I'm definitely not banking on them to win the whole dang thing. So 10-1, to no thank you, Rams, crossing them out. Patriots, I think the Bills win that first game. So no thank you to Mac Jones and the Patriots. Fun story this year, not good enough to win the championship. Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, the other three teams that I'm going to say no-go on them. I mean, look, the Steelers, they'd be happy to just cover against the Chiefs realistically. Eagles in a tough weather game, maybe they keep it close with Tampa Bay, and if somehow they can get past the Bucks in a miracle, well, I, I can't see them going much farther. Talked about the Raiders and the Bengals. I think Cincy wins that first-round game. So no thank you, despite having some good value on some of those teams. And, and really, going back to the Titans, it's not more so that I don't, really trust them because again they do have enough talent to get you into the AFC championship game but the price of plus 850 not doing it for me tagged along with the fact that yes I don't really love this squad and the price just isn't that appetizing so those are the teams that I would put under the category of no interest in selecting now when you kind of separated from that point on the next category would be long shots i would consider taking a flyer on solely based on the odds these teams could have decent potential with their roster and the value indicates that hey maybe there should be some value on them and the cardinals and the 49ers both at 25 to 1 are the two teams that really stood out to me so these two teams are more so of the longer shots that i would consider and the reason I'm saying the Cardinals is because, let's remember, we were considering this a top team in the league a month ago. Maybe it was more. Whatever it was before they lost that game to the Packers at home in that devastating fashion. But the Cardinals still have the talent, for the most part, to maybe make it worth a small bet on the 25-1 to 1 price. It's just an obscene number for the fact that this team was number one in the league halfway through. So just because of the price, something you could consider for a long shot, and same with the 49ers. I mean, this San Francisco team, more so than the Cardinals, have turned things around as of late. You got great coaching in Shanahan. You don't really with Cliff Kingsbury, per se. Jimmy Garoppolo has a Super Bowl experience. He's been playing a lot better. He's actually played very well away from home. And we were talking about their yards per play. San Francisco is at the top of the list, folks. They've been great, and they play very well away from their home arena. And overall, this team has dealt with adversity themselves offensively. They've been injured all throughout. Debo Samuel filling in the backfield. This dude is versatile as hell. George Kittle is an absolute beast, and the defense is great. The only thing that scares me is that secondary, which could be exposed against the Cowboys in week one. But I think it could be a decent shot based on that value for the 49ers and the Cardinals at 25-1. to 1. Not saying I'm playing it, but something in the category of the long shots that could be a reasonable play. Then I separated it into reasonable long shots where, hey, yeah, these could still have good value. And realistically, they probably won't win it, but it's hard to ignore this price. 
two teams consist of this, and that would be Cincinnati and Dallas. Now, the Bengals, I've been knocking on the Bengals this whole season. I took their season win total under with the preseason one and then the adjusted one. So, look, the Bengals have been screwing me plenty this season, but I honestly think they have a decent avenue to maybe appearing in the AFC Championship game. I believe they beat the Raiders. All right, then the odds are going to come down against Tennessee. And I'm not saying I'm going to stand here and say they're for sure beating the Titans, but I think this is going to be a really close game in terms of the spread if they're faced up against Tennessee. And it would absolutely not shock me to see them advance over Tennessee considering what Joe Burrow's been able to do, the receiving weapons they have, Joe Mixon, if he's going to be healthy. And honestly, this defense has been very impressive out of Cincinnati. I know they've kind of taken a blunder as of late. We'll see what they show up for in the postseason. But 18-1, to hard to ignore that with one of the hotter teams in Cincinnati. And then the Cowboys. Look, we just discussed this with Eric Eager of PFF yesterday, and everybody seems to agree in the same way that this Cowboys team has the talent and the potential to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, they're good enough to get there, but how much do we trust them? Because they've been type of a or a, a boomer bust type of team. They can't play from behind. They need to get out to these early leads. But I'm just a little bit shocked that 13-1 is the price you're getting on Dallas. Again, maybe they don't even escape past San Francisco, but it's hard to ignore the Cowboys at 13-1. I would not disagree Someone told me the price is too hard to ignore and you would take a little bit of a fly around. I'd go, you know what? I get your reasoning. It's going to be a tough play in the first round and then even after that. And that's just the NFC in general. But I understand it because nobody I don't think would be shocked if you saw Dells continuously advance through this postseason. All right. Then you see the teams that for sure have a shot, right? And that's going to be the top of the list. That's going to be your Packers at 350. Chiefs at plus 425, Bucks at plus 750, and then at Rivers, you get the Bills at 8-1. to one. From that list, I'm narrowing it down to two teams that I like and that I did take a bet on both of these. I crossed out the Packers because, well, they're the short shot. And, and again, it's not that I don't think they can't win it. They're absolutely the rightful favorite. But I'm just not in love with the value at plus 350, per se, in a stacked NFC. You look at the Bucks at plus 750. Yes, it's intriguing. Hard to go against Tom Brady. At the same time, this Bucks team has been absolutely frustrating. This is a team that's been very uncertain. They've lost games that they had no reason losing. They barely beat the Jets. They have had their issues on and off the field. I'm not saying that they can't get to the NFC Championship, but I don't think I'm in love with the idea of taking them plus 750. I could see the Cowboys advancing and the Cowboys beating them. I'd probably be more entertained with the fact of betting the Cowboys at 13-1 than the Bucks at plus 750. So the two teams, I'm narrowing it down. Give me the Bills, 8-1, and give me the Chiefs plus 425. Now, I'm assuming, yes, that these teams are going to play in the divisional round. But out of those two teams, I think is going to be the winner of the AFC and representing in the Super Bowl for the AFC. And the Bills at 8-1, to I've kind of been comparing it these last two seasons. Two years ago, people forgot about the Chiefs in December. They kind of had their slow roll, and then they came about in the postseason, and they won. Same thing with Tampa Bay last year, and I can say that for certain because we talked about it a lot on this show. We took the Bucks 7-1 in like December, January to win the NFC. They go on to win the Super Bowl. The Bills kind of have that type of feeling to me. We loved them before the year. They maybe haven't been the most consistent in terms of their offense throughout the course of this season and especially the running game, but I think they have the weapons to win the whole thing or at least represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And if not, well, maybe Kansas City takes them down and then whoever they play, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Cincinnati, I like both the Bills and the Chiefs over them. So that's why I take them both. Chiefs plus 425, 
Bills at 8-1. to one. So whichever team wins, assuming they play in the next round, I think is going to represent the AFC. And then you're going to have yourself a nice opportunity if they do, whether it's to hedge, whether it's to look the other way. That's really the goal looking at these futures is to at least get to the Super Bowl so you can have a plan of attack not how to approach it from that standpoint with your plus money now, how to hedge it, whatever it may be. So that's why I'm picking both the Bills and the Chiefs, throwing a little bit of cheese on both of those teams to win the Super Bowl. Now, the reason I didn't pick an NFC team, the NFC is really stacked, and I think any of those teams, arguably, not any, but most of them, could make a run for the championship. So I think AFC got a little bit more conviction on these two teams, and rightfully so, I think the Bills and the Chiefs are the top two, and that's why I played them. More on the NFL in the upcoming Wild Card Weekend next with Easton's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And now you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get them available, and you can check them out multiple episodes a week. Like I always say, great local sports betting content. And speaking of solid sports betting content, time to welcome on the man himself, Eason's betting reporter, to Rush Hour on this Thursday evening, Josh Applebaum, joining us at Josh underscore insights, where you can follow him on Twitter, catch him hosting the Eason Market Insights podcast and co-host of Betting Across America. Josh, thank you, as always, for making time on this Thursday night Plenty to dissect with you. Let's begin with the NFL wildcard weekend. Let's talk Saturday's game. We got the Raiders. We've got the Bengals. Line coming down to about five, five and a half in that region. Total steady at 49. What have we been seeing with the line movement for this first game of the postseason? Yeah, Danny, great to be with you. Happy Thursday. And by the way, I got my dunks ready to go. We got a big night. Tuka's coming back. It's a big night in Boston, oh, let's Danny, go, baby. so let's get after it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and your Hawks are on the docket as well. So hopefully you get a big hockey night. But uh, in terms of the NFL postseason, I think there's one thing to keep in mind before you even start breaking down any of the, any of the games. It's just uh, in the back of your head, knowing the fact that dogs bark louder in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. If you look at the last decade in the NFL, in the regular season, dogs are about 51.4% 
against the spread. If you look at dogs in the playoffs the last decade, they bump up to 55% against the spread. So that's about a 3.6% increase. Uh, and really, if you look at wildcard weekend, this is the weekend where the dogs bark the loudest. Last decade, uh, wildcard weekend dogs are 58% against the spread. So keep that in mind as you're betting these games. I lean on a lot of dogs. I'm going to lean on a, log, a lot of dogs this weekend, Danny. So for that Vegas game fits quite a few systems here. I like the Vegas Raiders in this spot. They open getting six and a half. Public still respects Burrow. They know what the I mean, Vegas has been doing. You know, the, the last four games down the stretch must win. They won each one. But they're saying Burrow at home. It's Burrow's time. Majority bets on, uh, obviously, the, the Bengals here at home. Yet the line opened at six and a half. And it's down to five and a half, Danny. And I see some books that are even inching maybe down to five. You're seeing actually a couple, it looks like, uh, getting down there as we speak. And this is another thing. Not only dogs in the playoffs, but dogs with a line move in their favor. These markets are so efficient, Danny. We get to the playoffs. The odds makers have so much data to go off of. The lines are really sharp. You don't see a lot of line movement. So when you see a full point here, like moving to the Raiders, that means big money came in on Vegas here. And dogs with a line move in their favor the last decade, 28 and eight against the spread. 78% covering the number. You also get dogs playing teams who missed the playoffs last year, which would qualify with Vegas playing Cincy. Uh, those teams are 19 and 10 against the spread, 66% the last decade. So I like this spot with Vegas. Danny, I was hoping, you know, when it was at five and a half, can I get a six? I grabbed the five and a half because I think if anything, this line may fall further to Vegas. I like the Raiders plus the points here. Yeah, and, and it seems like this is one of your perfectly placed plays for you, Josh. I mean, I feel like everybody and their grandma is going to be looking to bet the Bengals, especially with the fact that the Raiders, not that they kind of just got lucky to fall into the postseason, but what they saw last week and people are like, all right, maybe it's time their luck runs out. But, hey, that game is going to be a hell of a one to get things kicked off, as is the game afterward. Your Patriots taking on the Bills round three in Buffalo. Bills currently laying four, totals at 44. It's going to be a freezing cold game. We'll see if the Patriots can implement that ground attack like they did the first go around in Buffalo. But what do you think can come through in this matchup? So what's funny, Danny, is as a fan, I'm not high on the Patriots right now. They went one and three down the stretch. You don't know whether they were that team early in the year and late in the year that was kind of really struggling or that team in the middle of the year that won seven straight. So kind of the public doesn't know what to expect. And also recency bias going into the playoffs. Patriots one and three down the stretch. Bills won four straight. Bills just rolled against the Patriots just a few weeks ago. So you add that all up, and I think this is actually, not as a fan, but as a market-based contrarian better, a good spot to grab New England here. Uh, they opened getting four and a half. They're down to four, even though a big majority of bets are on uh, Buffalo in this spot. And also, Danny, these divisional dogs in the playoffs, it's very rare that divisional opponents meet up in the postseason. And because of that familiarity, playing twice a year and then playing a third game, it really benefits the team getting points. So if you look at playoff divisional dogs the last decade, it's not a huge sample size, but they're eight and four against the spread, 67%. So even though it's kind of like, you know, Buffalo, Josh Allen looks great. Mac Jones is maybe hitting the rookie wall late. I think you're actually seeing this line go to the Patriots and I would grab the points in this one. Uh, also, I would be careful. I know a lot of people are just, blindly maybe betting that under because the forecast is supposed to be really, really cold. But the total actually ticked up uh, 43 ish up to 44 and it's going to be very cold. We're going to have to wait on the wind. You may have some snow, uh, but really, if you look at when it's 30 degrees or less, Danny, the over is actually 57%. It's the wind that really benefit benefits unders. It's a misconception that cold games benefit uh, unders. It's actually the other way. So that thing did rise. I was expecting it to fall. Maybe we get a little bit of a higher scoring game, not that, you know, 14 to 10 win game from a month ago. All right, let's go to Monday then, Josh, before we move on to some games for tonight. This game, I think I honestly might be intrigued by the most. Arizona and Los Angeles, another game we're seeing round three. The Cardinals are currently catching four. This total's at 49 and a half. 
I'm inclined to take the points with the Cardinals. I'm kind of waiting to see as we get closer to see where this line goes toward. But if it keeps doing what it's been doing since the beginning of the week, Josh, this might go down to like three and a half, perhaps. I think it could, Danny. And uh, Gamble and Lou was on betting across America today. He was holding out for maybe a four and a half here on Arizona. So we'll see if that money late comes in and also influenced by these early games. Like if for some reason dogs have a a really great weekend and maybe you get a lot of people just playing that dog trend, maybe that moves further to Arizona. If favorites do well, maybe you get a lot of Rams money. Either way, thank you, NFL, for giving us a Monday night game, Danny, three days in a row. This is great, but I'm with you. Uh, Line open at four, pretty much stayed four. I saw one shop that got up to four and a half and immediately got hit by Looks like we dipped out on Josh there for a second, so we'll try to reconnect with him. But going deeper into this game with the Cardinals and the Rams, we've discussed this a couple of times already this week. But basically what he was going to say is you've seen this line drop, right? We talked about this yesterday on midweek movements. This thing opened up at five in favor of Los Angeles. Now you're seeing it at four. The question, like you said, Gamblu looking for that four and a half, kind of what I was searching for, or maybe you're going to get it to three and a half. Which way is this going to trend toward? And I honestly think it's probably going to go to three and a half more so than it is four and a half at this point if we get closer to Monday night. And I think Josh brings up a good point when it's, say, let's see what the results of these first couple of games are and then look to approach the last game of the slate on Monday night. So, Josh, I think we got you back buddy we missed out on you for a couple moments there so please pick it up where you left off with this nfc west showdown yeah you're exactly right danny so again depending on how these games go this weekend that could have effect on this line and i think you're going to get a lot of public money in general wanting to kind of play stafford and the rams at home kind of down it was kind of funny the way the public was all over the cardinals when they were winning and then you kind of struggle late in the season really not much faith in them so kind of buying low on these uh, recency bias plays can have some value but i'm with you danny i'd be looking at the points here with arizona One funny thing we saw over the regular season was that uh, in the two matchups between these teams, the dog won outright in both matchups. When when, uh, the Rams were getting points, they won outright. When Arizona got points against the Rams, they won outright. So for whatever reason, grabbing the points in this spot has been a good play. I'd be looking at uh, Arizona plus four here. Maybe you get a four and a half, but I think, Danny, maybe if it falls later, you'll be grabbing. You got the four before it falls. All right, Josh, we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk some hoops really quick. A decent game with Memphis and Minnesota tonight. Grizzlies lane four. This total as high as 230. What's your approach for this game? Yeah, I was looking at the over in this one, Danny. You are seeing a little bit of under buyback right now, but it opened around 229. It got all the way up to 231. It's back down to around 230 and a half right now, 230. But I'm looking at playing the over in this game between the T-Wolves and the Grizzlies, which jumped out to me, uh, number one, in terms of pace. You look at a lot of analytics here. Both these teams are really, really quick in terms of tempo. Minnesota has the number one pace, uh, fastest pace in the NBA. Memphis is number six. You also look offensively. Memphis has been on an absolute tear. And recently what we've seen between these teams, a lot of overtrends. Minnesota 9-1 and one to the over, their last 10 on the road. Memphis 3-0 and oh to the over, their last three. Uh, Minnesota 4-1 and one to the over, their last four. So you add that all up, and if you're looking for a cherry on top, this is kind of a revenge game here for John Morant. Uh, they lost, actually, to Minnesota back on November 21st, 138-95. to 95. So uh, I think with high-tempo teams, again, little buyback now. Maybe it just reached a point it got so high that it was kind of natural to come back down. But I think if you can now find it over 230, uh, I'll, I'll be rocking that play tonight, rooting for some points. Josh, we got 30 seconds trying to hit the cycle. NFL, NBA, now NHL. Sell us on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, my friend. 
Yeah, we got a lot of games tonight, Danny. So I'll just say the Penguins, to me, are in a pretty good spot. They open around minus 120 on the road at the Kings. They've been steamed up to around minus 145. You've really seen no buyback here. Once they've gotten Evgeny Malkin back, that's been a big boost to them. They're playing well anyway, but now you got your sniper back. Favorites off a win this year, 66%. Uh, they've cashed quite a few tickets in general. Uh, and you also look at this spot with Pittsburgh, 15-8 and eight as a favorite, 11-4-3 on the road. I lead the minus 140 here with the Pens. Boom, there he is, Josh Applebaum, folks. You can follow more of his content at Josh underscore Insights, co-host of Betting Across America, the daily newsletter, vsan.com, and the vsan Market Insights podcast. The man is everywhere. Josh, thank you as always. Keep it up. Looking forward to more of your plays throughout this weekend. I appreciate it, Danny. And by the way, go to Garass tonight. He's back. There you go. That's right. He is back in Boston. That's why Josh is sipping the Dunkin' Donuts, baby. All right. We'll be rooting on for his bees and the Penguins, and we'll have more hockey action at the end of the show. Don't worry. But coming up next, how about Max Starks, former offensive tackle, giving us his thoughts on NFL Wild Card Weekend. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. And it's with our all new Big Game Big Dance special that provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only $69. If you sign up now, you get our daily best bets emails along with 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with all of our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Check it out, VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's VSIN.com slash big deal. All righty, welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois, to be exact, just outside of the Windy City. Joining us now, former NFL offensive tackle at Max Stark 78 on the tweets where you could follow him. It is Max Starks giving us his insight on all of these NFL wildcard games, and we are very pumped to go through all of them. And Max, I want to start off with a game that you're going to be really close to right on the sidelines for Kansas City and Pittsburgh. This game could be Big Ben's last, and we heard his comments. He's kind of, you know, joking, but at the same time, it's it's kind of a serious thought because the Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites. We're seeing a total dip down to, like, 46. Do you think Pittsburgh has a shot to keep this thing close? We know what happened the first go-around. Well, Danny, I think the biggest thing is, you know, first, thanks for having me on the show. I think one of the biggest things is, you know, it, it, it's the playoffs, right? I mean, you know, you, you throw records out the window. Yes, recency bias would lead for numbers to get to where we are. But I think th this is a game because there is familiarity, because there is such recency. You're talking about a three-week difference um, between the, the time, last two times the teams have played. And what's happened in between those two times? Well, the Steelers have won two games, you know, essentially two elimination style playoff games to even get to this point. Uh, and I think that's, that's what plays to the Steelers favor to at least keep this game uh, tight and close, but the Steelers make no mistake about it. They still have to play a very perfect game if they want to pull off an upset, but it's not outside the realm. And there have been precedents set before 
where teams kind of discounted the Steelers and they've been able to pull magic out, especially in the wild card and divisional rounds. Yeah, no doubt about that. And look, this thing opened about 13 and a half, 13. So some immediate love did come for Pittsburgh. Now the line down to 12 and a half, but we'll see what Big Ben can dial up in Kansas City. Uh, another game that a lot of people are doubting the underdog here, Max, and that's going to be Cincinnati and Las Vegas. The Raiders are currently a five and a half point underdog. This total we're seeing at 49. I guess the question I want to ask to kick things off, I mean, from a former player perspective, after what Las Vegas just endured on Sunday night, and a lot of that game, a majority, their defense was on the field. It was a hectic, emotional game. How do you bounce back from that and going on relatively a shorter week to on the road in the first round of the playoffs against Cincinnati? I mean, do you think that takes a toll on them to a certain extent? Hey, I believe it will, it will take an emotional toll on them just because of the emotions that you had, not only for it being a divisional game, but what was at stake and – what was trying to be compromised or not compromised at the end of that game, which led to the events that unfolded and the ire of, I'm sure, the San Diego and Los Angeles faithful that were behind the bolts, um, you know, coming up short in that situation. So I think there is a lot of emotion. The one good thing is at least if, if you're going to have a short week, at least you were at home and you weren't in L.A. for that. So at least you went back to your bed Sunday night. Um, probably a little slowly, probably a little gingerly if you had stairs. But, you know, it, it, once again, when you're in the playoffs and you get that ticket, you punch your, your ticket to being one of 14, um, you find a way to get yourself motivated. And I think the one thing that, you know, can, can be a resolving factor if, if, you, if you're on the Raiders side is that, you know, this team has played close games before, so if they can keep it close – they already have the muscle memory of going through these type of tight games. Now, we'll say this. On the Cincinnati side, Cincinnati hosting, hosting a playoff game. Joe Burrow's first opportunity at the playoffs. Um, you know, they're going to be jacked up. They're going to be excited. This is the team that, you know, they're explosive um, if you let them be. They can be like what you had to deal with with L.A., right? A slugfest where you have to match point for point to keep this game in order because they can blow the top off of it. You know, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that Raiders pass rush um, gets the engines going, how fast they can get the engines going in that cold weather that will be Cincinnati, an outdoor stadium. And can they apply that pressure to Joe Burrow um, and that offense? That's going to be the really big key matchup in that game. If they can, then the Raiders do have a shot. Now, if they can't, well, then we will see Cincinnati take its first victory under Joe Burrow in the playoffs, which is something that's always eluded. Um, a lot of first-time QBs that come out of Cincinnati, a la, you know, you think of uh, Palmer and you think of Dalton having their struggles in the playoffs up in Cincinnati early on in their careers. Um, so I would be very interested to see how that goes. But the marquee matchup is definitely pass rush versus Joe Burrow. You mentioned quarterbacks in their first playoff games. How about Mac Jones in his rookie season going to Buffalo again where they did have success in that crazy weather type game with the 30, 40 mile per hour wind gusts. They won 14 to 10. Things changed when it was a little bit better weather. Buffalo took care of business in Foxborough. Now you get round three. We're seeing this line at four in favor of Buffalo. Short total at 44. Familiarity, division game, and it's going to be a really cold game too. What do you envision comes to fruition for this division showdown? Well, you also said two there, and that's actually, I think, the temperature of kickoff is going to be two degrees. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, and hopefully it's more than two pass attempts by Mac Jones in that process. 
Um, I, I mean, here's one of the things. I, we went to um, – I was in Buffalo week one this season. And you're like, oh, September. No, it's going to be great. No, no. It was like 20-mile-an-hour winds in that state. <laughs> the way that stadium is set up, the, the air just kind of traps and swirls in that stadium because it's built below ground. So you get this kind of rush of wind across flat land, and then it kind of dives over the stadium and comes right back in. I mean, it, it's uh, it's one of those anomaly type of venues, um, almost like a Chicago, right? You know, Chicago, you get that lake effect snow and that wind off of Lake Michigan um, and Soldier Field. That's the same type of deal you have here in Buffalo. So I think it's definitely advantageous to the Bills, <laughs> whether they could, you know, it's going to come down to stopping the run and being able to run. Devin Singletary has been running well as of late, which is something you've got to carry into these playoffs, especially if you're Buffalo and you're going to get a home game possibly too. You've got to learn how to control the ground game because the second you put that ball in the air, you become vulnerable. And for Josh Allen, I know he's big, strong, and he can throw it a mile. But once again, it's one thing to try and cut it through 10 miles an hour of wind gust and trying to adjust for that versus trying to throw in 20, 30, and 40 miles an hour. So it's going to be an interesting ground attack. I think that number is pretty good, around 44 for that game, because I think it is going to come down to a low-scoring affair. Where, <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, first team to 20 is probably going to be the victor in that contest. And I do like Buffalo with that, um, just because the newness of what you're asking Mac Jones to do, and you don't know, we, 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 we like to call it the tightness, the tightness of your first uh, playoff game that you're just unsure, you're anxious, and you want to be perfect, um, how that will affect Mac Jones, especially if the game has to result to some type of air attack where you're dealing with that weather if you're unfamiliar with it. All right, Max, before we let you go, we got about a minute left in this segment. Do you have a team that you're circling in on that you're like, this is a team for sure that I'll be putting some money on to win the whole dang thing, or maybe even a couple? Who would you narrow it down to? Well, I, I think I ha you can't look you can't look past Green Bay. I think Green Bay is probably uh, an odds-on favorite to make it there, and then if they do, you have to feel good about their chances of winning at all. Um, but you know, when I look at the AFC, the AFC is so up in the air that I don't put it past uh, a team or two. I think Buffalo has the goods if they if 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 they can pull it off and uh, and get the rubber match against uh, New England. But, you know, the Chiefs, that's going to be a tough one. You know, I think the Chiefs are a tough team. And, you know, depending on if the Steelers can upset them or not, I think the Chiefs, you have to have them as an odds-on favorite as well. Those probably be my two AFC um, teams that I like. And then, of course, I like Green Bay out of the NFC. And I also like the Cardinals because I think, I think they do better on the road. And being a 5C puts them on the road the entire time. I think they can have some magic just like Tampa Bay did last year. I like that. I like it a lot. Yeah, Cardinals have a great chance for an upset against the Rams. Another matchup where you're getting the third for these division squads. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Max, we'll keep a lookout for you on the sidelines in KC. Uh, stay warm out there and enjoy the atmosphere. Thanks for making some time tonight. Uh, my pleasure, Danny. You take care as well. You bet. Max Starks, folks, give him a follow on Twitter at MaxStarks78 on the tweets. Former offensive tackle, great insight all around for the upcoming NFL wildcard weekend. Again, he will be on the sideline for Kansas City and Pittsburgh. We'll keep an eye out for him and be excited for that game, which could be Big Ben's last. But look, I mean, I know they got stomped out the first game, but Max brings up a good point. I mean, look, the familiarity certainly can play a factor, and everything changes in the postseason. 
And I kind of don't hate the idea of where Big Ben's taking this, right? He's like, oh, we have no chance. I kind of like that, right? Better than, no, you know, it's even. Anything could happen. I kind of like that mantra going into it. All right, coming up next here on Rush Hour, how about some best bets? Danny's Dimes as we round out a Thursday edition. Stick with us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21 gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. I will call 1-800-BETS-OFF, playable in New Jersey, as play Sugar House Void, where prohibited. Okay, it is time to wrap up a Thursday edition of Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, at Danny Burke Fiverr. You can catch me on the tweets. Final segment, which means it is time to encapsulate everything, our best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes for tonight. And, well, we'll recap what we talked about at the beginning. But first, let's get into my dimes on the ice this evening. A couple of plays in the hockey arena. We're talking Blackhawks tonight, and... For whatever reason, I'm actually not fading them because they are a big favorite here tonight. That's not why I'm betting them, but rightfully so, I agree why they are a big favorite. I'm kind of joking because it's seeming like, seemingly like every game I get involved with the Blackhawks, except for like one, the opposite has happened. So, you know, tread lightly. Nevertheless, I do think it's a good spot for Chicago here hosting the Canadiens. Montreal's been a mess, folks, and they're coming off a bad loss last night, so they're on the second leg of a back-to-back they lost to Boston 5-1. to one. Now they're coming into the UC, the United Center, for those who don't know the lingo, against a Blackhawks team who have won their last two games. Should be three in a row, but somehow they dropped it to the Coyotes, which is why this team is still kind of sketchy to trust. But the Blackhawks did beat VGK. Then they beat Columbus 4-2. to And now they get this Canadiens team, and they open minus 190, and now they're all the way up to minus 235. So you get a little bit of momentum because of that. Flurry's looking like he's going to be in the net. And you're getting the debut for their draft pick in 2020, 
pick, 17th overall, Lucas Reichel. He's doing really good in the AHL. Had 11 goals and 9 assists in 20 AHL games this season for the Rockford Ice Hogs. So, look, uh, maybe that brings a spark, whatever you want to call it. Even aside from that, though, again, Flurry in the net. He has been great this year, but a lot of that is just because it's been a bad environment, right? I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Blackhawks have had distractions. They've just been so volatile and so infrequent with where you get production out of them that, yeah, it's been hard to trust them. But he has defeated Montreal once. Uh, 2 nothing. Stopped 30 of 30 shots earlier this year. 11-11-2 overall this season. 2.9 goals against average. A save percentage of 91. And tag it on to that. Two shutouts this year. On home ice, 4-5-2. He's actually done a little bit better on road ice. 3.2 goals against average at the United Center. 90% with his saves. Nevertheless, Sam Montembolt, he's going to be taking the net, it looks like, for Montreal. And he has not been good, to say the least. Overall, he's 1-6-2 this season. A goals against average of right at 4. Okay, so then you tag that with the 89% save percentage. You don't instill too much faith into the kid. And on the road, he's 0-6-2. 4.3 goals against average. 89% with his saves. So he's been involved in 11 total games. He hasn't necessarily played the total time in all 11 games, but out of those 11 spots, nine of those games have resulted in a loss in regulation. And they're on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. They've only won the second leg of a back-to-back -back once this season. Otherwise, the other spots, they've lost by more than one goal. So you would think, well, okay, so you're looking at the puck line then, Danny, right? Minus one and a half, plus 110. I'm not, and I'm not telling you to not bet that angle, but again, you, you've heard me kind of already joking about backing the Blackhawks and how they're untrustworthy, so that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to look at the puck line. Instead, no, I'm not laying minus 235. You probably already know what I'm doing. I'm doing the win in regulation, the money line three-way betting selection to where, yes, the Blackhawks I still think are going to win. Hopefully, it's within the three periods, meaning in regulation, but it doesn't have to be like the puck line and be more than one goal. So minus 140, I am backing the Blackhawks to win in regulation against this Canadiens team that has been a disaster after their Stanley Cup trip last season. Second leg of a back-to-back, -back, not a strong goalie. Opposite for the Blackhawks here, maybe catching a little bit of momentum with their past two wins. Coming back home, I think they can take advantage of this week. Canadians team and hopefully they can get the job done in regulation so give me the Blackhawks minus a buck 40 to win in regulation against Montreal again and it's not like that I'm against the puck line I just am willing for the Blackhawks to pay a little bit more for that added security but I do like the Blackhawks this evening as do I like the Flames in our next hockey play that we have this evening Calgary taking on the Ottawa Senators the Senators have not played since New Year's Day and even since then, I mean, they're still carrying technically a three-game losing streak despite being off for about two weeks or even more than that. The Flames are also on a three-game losing streak. They've been on a mini hiatus themselves. They have not played since January 7th, but the three losses were kind of respectable losses. You lost to the Hurricanes, Lightning, and Panthers, all three really solid teams throughout the NHL. So you look at the Flames, what they've been able to do this season. And first of all, really quick, just line movement-wise, if you're curious, they open minus 230. Now they're up to minus 295 at Bet Rivers. So the market is loving them some Calgary. They are averaging over three goals per game, defensively allowing about 2.5. As for Ottawa, offensively, they're only getting 2.7 goals per game, and they're defensively allowing almost four. They're at 3.7 to be exact, but, man, that defense has been abysmal. 
Looks like Matt Murray is going to be tending the pipes for Ottawa. And apparently he's been doing great in practice. But look, the results have not shown in real time. 0-6-0, 3.7 goals against average and a save percentage of 88 for Matt Murray, who's also 0-4-0 on the road with a 4.6 goals against average. Overall, 3.7, but on the road, 4.6. And then an 86.5% with his saves, not good at all. All of his losses have been in regulation. So that could interest you into the puck line, minus 125 with Calgary. Or you could opt in to do the same kind of philosophy I did with the Blackhawks and go win in regulation. Now, with the win in regulation, I don't really like laying that much. Like, minus a buck 40 is usually a steep ask like we did for the Blackhawks. But I actually did the minus 165 win in regulation for Calgary just because they've been on a little bit of hiatus themselves. And we know Ottawa's been on a big hiatus. So what comes to fruition here? Does the rested legs really come through for Ottawa? Is it almost too much time off for them? Is Calgary going to take a little while to get acclimated? A lot of these questions make this kind of a sketchy, I don't know, game to bet overall, which if it was more normal, I would look at the puck line. But just for that security, again, because of these outlying factors and how unique COVID has made this season, I'm just going to do the win in regulation for the Flames. Again, I, I wouldn't tell you not to do the puck line. I'm personally fine laying more in this spot for the win in regulation with Calgary minus 165. Markstrom looks like he's going to be in the net for Calgary. Not the best effort out of Markstrom this year, but nothing that's going to scare you away. He's 12-7-5 with a 2.2 goals against average and a save percentage of 93%. And he's got five shutouts under his belt this year. At home, he's okay. 2.14 goals against average, 4-3-4. Save percentage of 91. Two of those shutouts have occurred at home. But I do like the Flames finally coming back. Ottawa's played the second-fewest games in the NHL this season, and I think their losing streak continues. Calgary goes on the opposite trajectory. I'm betting the Flames to win in regulation, minus 165. The other bet we had, the Blackhawks to win in regulation tonight against the Canadians, minus the buck 40. Once again, for our other NHL play, win in regulation for both. Couldn't remember if I said that already, but both of those games win in regulation, minus the buck 40 for the Blackhawks, minus 165 for the Flames. Now, if you missed the beginning of the show, we did have a couple more bets. These were our future selections for the NFL postseason, who I believe has the best shot to win the NFL Super Bowl. Now, when you look at it, it's not necessarily like, hey, I think this team for sure is going to win. To me, I'm looking at it like which teams have the best chance to at least make the Super Bowl so you can still make a profit by hedging or just however you want to approach it at that point. I like the Bills, and I like the Chiefs here. Presumably, in my opinion, they are going to be facing each other in the divisional round. We were just talking about this with Max Starks. I mean, he noted out both of those teams as well. So, to me, when you look at that potential matchup, I think the winner of that has the best avenue to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, when you look at the odds for Buffalo, it's 8-1, to one, which I think is pretty decent value on this Bills team that absolutely has the capability of winning this whole thing. Chiefs, he's still got Patrick Mahomes. Plain and simple, plus 425 is the value. I don't like the Titans to win it. I don't like the Bengals. I don't like the Raiders. I sure as hell don't like the Steelers. And at the end of the day, the Patriots, if they win, don't think they make it past the next round. So I like the Bills and the Chiefs as my two selections to win the Super Bowl. I believe one of those two teams will be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. And then we can look about how to hedge from that point on, depending who the matchup is from the side of the NFC. So we got Bills 8-1, to Chiefs plus 425, 
Flames to win in regulation tonight against Ottawa, minus a buck 65. And the Blackhawks, come on, Chicago, don't do me dirty, baby. Minus a buck 40 at the United Center versus Canadians. Best of luck with whatever you tell from our show and your own bets. Thank you for everybody joining us at Danny Burke Fiber. You can follow me on Twitter. More props and overall NFL bets tomorrow leading you in to NFL Wild Card Weekend here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.